All right, welcome on back. Uh, we are through week five of college football season. I would say the college football playoff is still wide open. Um, there's probably eight teams that I think could be in there. Um, week five was awesome. We'll get into a week five recap. Um, probably one of the funnest games of college football I've seen probably in the last decade. Old Miss, LSU, um, BCB's Old Miss uh, team was awesome. I'm a huge fan of uh, the running back uh, with Jenkins. Um, so we'll get into a recap. Um, we got some some good games this week, some exciting games. We're getting into conference play. Uh, so I think within the next couple of weeks, we might have a better idea of the playoff picture. Uh, but thoughts, initial thoughts on week five, going into week six, BCB. Um, I would say, that, yeah, that that 14 playoff is wide open right now. Um, there's probably close to eight teams that I think have a legit chance of making it. Uh, just depends on how they play here down the stretch into conference play. Yeah, I mean, there might be like eight teams that come out of the Pac-12. So <laughs> it's uh, still pretty wide open um, out in the Pac-12. And then you had, uh, yeah, it was a great week. So I was at a wedding um, all day Saturday, but we were able to actually get uh, the T one of the TVs had ESPN there, which was solid. So I was able to watch some A&M Arkansas uh, before the wedding, which was solid. Flipped over to Clemson Syracuse a little bit and then got to see the end of the whole So that was... We'll start with uh, the week five recap. I know BCB was at a wedding, so he didn't get to watch um, all of the games Saturday. I'm sure he still got to check in on a lot of them. We were obviously communicating for a good bit of them. Got a video. The wedding looked awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I, so I want to do – let's do week five recap, go through a couple of the games, go through our cards. And then I do have – I want to hit Champions Club real quick before we get into the week six preview. So I, the first game I really want to start with, um, I believe everyone in the Tub Club had uh, the Friday night winner, uh, Utah, Oregon State, Oregon State 21, Utah 7. Um, I mean, it wasn't the best game. Uh, I think Utah still has some serious quarterback issues. I also, I was surprised. I was watching and I, DJ, DJ, you got pulled at a couple points. And I don't know if that was injury related or that's something Oregon state does with a running quarterback. But uh, there was a couple of times I looked up and I was like, where, why is DJ out of the game? Um, with that said, we, we all had Oregon state minus three and a half, uh, nice, easy winner for us all to kind of kick off the week. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, Utah just, they have some serious quarterback issues. It was still kind of a barn burner. I thought the defense was all right, but um, I think they just – they don't have a quarterback. Uh, thoughts on that game, BCB? Yeah, I think it gets really interesting with Cam Rising, um, what they try and do there, because now I think they're probably out of it because that was their second loss uh, in conference. So, be interesting to see what he wants to do if he comes out and plays out the string and just kind of see where the team can go. Um, or, like we talked about last week, there were kind of some rumblings of a medical red shirt. So, 
that'll be interesting to watch. Like you said, without, without him, they're just, they're devoid of talent at the quarterback position. Uh, the one kid could run a little bit. I felt bad for him, man. He was out there taking a beating like late in that game. They were lucky to even get that one touchdown. Uh, they kind of just beat a guy on man coverage. It looked like um, he got deep on a route. I think it was like a tight end got deep on a route and uh, missed a tackle. And then he was in. So uh it's great if you love like old school football, though. If you want to sit there and watch, if you love like '90s NFL and you want to watch two teams line up and run the ball at each other, great game. Uh, Oregon State's really tough team. Going to be a tough. It, it's tough to win there too at Corvallis. So, like we said, it's a tough place to play. Utah went in there, had problems all night. Um, Oregon State looked good. Looked like a team that can compete for the uh, the conference title uh, in the Pac-12. So be interesting to see because they kind of play stylistically. They're more similar to Utah, way more similar to Utah than like USC. So kind of interesting to see how like a USC can match up against them. I think that's kind of the wild card. I think Oregon's got some toughness to them. I'm not sold on USC yet. So. Yeah, it's really interesting. The two sides of the Pac-12 really like these high powered offense that plays zero defense, or there's these more gritty traditional teams like Utah and Oregon state that, uh, have defense and kind of defense first and can win more of these dog fights. I think Oregon's kind of the perfect mix of that. Uh, yeah. Which it will be interesting to see as we get into this Pac-12 schedule. It's going to be awesome. There'll be good games every week. Yeah, I think, yeah, because the the ironic thing, like the the very interesting thing to me anyway about USC so far is you kind of saw it with Colorado. I know may touch on that game a little bit, but uh, just they, they let down at the end. Like they've done that against Arizona and some other teams too, where it just seems like they don't put people away. Yeah, so. let's, get, let's get into that game next. Uh, USC at uh, Colorado State. USC was minus 21 and a half. I hammered it. Um, I was pretty confident throughout most of the game. I'd probably say into the third quarter. Uh, they, they had anywhere from a two to three touchdown lead for the majority of the game. And then the fourth quarter came. And USC just let up a bunch of big plays. Um, I think that USC defense is very concerning to me. They still can't stop the big play or really stop anything. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a really good game to watch. Um, it wasn't great to have USC because, I mean, they did look. I think you said they should have been like a 27, 28 point favorite. Um, but with the Colorado effect um, and the fact that Colorado covered sevens, like maybe they are good. I don't, it's, it's so crazy with the PAC 12, like, cause they go to Oregon and get stomped and then USC comes to Colorado. And I mean, the Colorado had a chance to almost tie that game up late. It was, I mean, it was real interesting. And now they get Travis Hunter back. Like um, it'll be interesting to see what Colorado does and if they can pull any, real upsets when they get into this Pac-12 schedule because, I mean, Nebraska wasn't really much of an upset, to be honest. Or I guess TCU maybe a little bit because they were 20-point dogs. But, I mean, I don't think we think TCU is very good. Yeah, I saw a guy that does power rankings. I forget who it was. So, if I remembered, I would shout him out. But I saw that he said – it might have been Bill C. from ESPN was saying, like, if he he adjusted his SP Plus for uh, just what's happened on the field this year so far through four games – that Colorado would be about the 70th ranked team um, that he's, he's got. So yeah, it's, it's uh, which makes it even more interesting. Like I said, I already kind of touched on it. USC felt like 
dominated the whole game. And then I was actually watching a lot of that game, put it away because we're doing like pictures and stuff right before the wedding. And then I was like shocked to find out that it ended up seven points. So um, there's also another thing too, like Dion and blowouts uh, either like he'd done it when he was winning, I guess they're losing somebody, keeping Shador in and having him throw the ball still to, to, uh, to, to rack it up. So I did see they had a, uh, I think it was like a freshman kid or maybe a kid that hadn't played as much for Colorado. His name's escaping me now, wide receiver that made some big plays for him in that game. So interesting. Uh, one of the, the most interesting numbers to me on the board, it's taking a lot of discipline to not just hammer it to Colorado's like minus four at Arizona State this week. Yep. So very short line, and you know the public's going to be all over it. So try to try to avoid that one. Uh, I think Colorado's probably got one more upset in them this year. I don't know that they'll be twenty point dogs and pull that on someone again, just because I don't. I think the only I'd have to go look at their schedule. Um, I don't think they have that kind of firepower to beat like a Washington yet. But uh, yeah, be interesting to see where they go from here. It seems like the. The Coach Prime storylines have died down a little bit, so that's a little bit of a, a welcome. Even though I like Coach Prime, I just don't think he needs to be the biggest story in college football every week. He sure doesn't. Um, it, it was the kid. It, it was like a freshman on Marion Miller. Yeah. He was yeah. stud and showed up. I mean, they get they get Travis Hunter back. Um, very tempted to take them to beat the shit out of Arizona State. Uh, the next game, want to get into quick. You, I'm not sure how much of these games you got to see, so um, I, I've tried to watch every single game I could. But uh, Florida, Kentucky, I actually turned this game off. Uh, Kentucky just ran all the way, all all over Florida. Um, Florida was never really into that into that game. Uh, I think Kentucky, we need to give them some serious look now. I think we talked about it before. They might be better by subtraction of Will Levis. Um, I think they're legit. I think Kentucky and Stoops now owns Florida. I think they've won the last three years or so. And I am getting I, that Napier seat. It's got to be getting hot. But, like, how far does that win over Tennessee go? I don't know. Um, but I, I think Kentucky's the real deal. I'm excited when we get into week six preview. Um, I think they're going to have – they're going to give Georgia a scare. Uh, for sure. Um, did you get to see any of that game, BCB? Any thoughts there? So, uh, yeah, when I was flipping through, I only had one TV. Um, so I, it was already like 16-0 by the time I did tune into it. So I was like, all right, well, we only got one TV. We're going to find something a little more competitive to keep on because uh, I had to keep everybody entertained, you know, the whole wedding party. Yeah. Uh, no, so then about the rest I saw that game, it seemed like, um, every few plays, you'd see a highlight of Florida turning the ball over, Kentucky uh, making a big play on Florida. So, yeah, really just looked like it was kind of a beat down um, in Lexington for uh, for the Gators. Not surprised. I think Florida's going to have those kind of games. Uh, I, I think it honestly, too, just goes to show you like the, the home field and college or the home field advantage in college football probably greater than like the three points that people say it is or whatever um i know that it, and even for power rankings that's what we do sometimes but you know three points is kind of the general but now nah, i i'm interested to see where kentucky goes looking at their schedule they haven't really played a lot uh, i don't think they they played great teams so they get a test if they get a test this saturday they get to see how good they really are and if you like them you're getting a lot of points uh next game we're going to is actually it's who kentucky's playing this week it was georgia at auburn um, I, this, this game was actually very interesting. 
Um, I don't think many people were giving Auburn a chance in this. It's Carson Beck's first road start at Auburn. And like BCB just said, that home, the home advantage, it absolutely matters. Uh, cause I, Auburn had a chance to win that game. Thought Hugh Freeze looked good. Uh, they run this, the two quarterback set, which I, I mean, Peyton Thorne's terrible. Thought Robbie Ashford looked good when he had his rushing attempts. Um, I thought Auburn was able to run all over Georgia at will. Very concerned about this Georgia defense. I don't think it's the same. It has been. There was a couple runs from uh, Robbie Ashford, the quarterback. Um, and I mean, he was running 60 yards on this Georgia defense. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, what is going on? It's not the same Georgia team. I think it's a it's a good road win for them. Carson Beck's first start. Um, but this it, it's so clearly to me that this is not the same Georgia team we've seen the last two years that I'm even more excited for this playoff and to see where this rest of the SEC season goes. I still think the East is real weak um, where I, 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 Georgia still probably comes out of there. Um, but I, it was interesting to watch. I mean, if they don't have Brock Bowers, they probably lose this game. Brock Bowers caught every single pass late from Carson Beck. And that's the only reason they want this game. And he is one of the best players in the country. Uh, any thoughts on this game, BCB? No, I, I said last week on the show, you know, love the spot for Auburn. I uh, loved them at 14 and a half at home. Said they got to get out, get up early. Uh, I think I looked at my phone. They were up 10-0 uh, to start. So I was like, okay, we're probably cooking here. <laughs> as long as they don't give up 24 unanswered, we'll see what happens. And I know they, they kept it a dog fight uh, late into the game. I heard Brock Bowers, like Brock Bowers game. He took it over. If you're an NFL draft guy, you got to love this draft class because you got Brock Bowers at tight end, Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, Caleb Williams at quarterback. Just a lot of talent in college football this year uh, across the board with kids hanging around with NIL and the COVID years. So, yeah, be interesting to see where Georgia heads. I think they are vulnerable. Um, don't think that uh, don't think that they've really got the S on the chest like they've had. I'll talk about a little bit more. I've got some thoughts on their game later on, but I like the game for Auburn. Auburn came through, so that felt good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, – I mean – it, it was definitely – that was probably one of the more exciting games to watch uh, in the earlier window. Um, I had four screens going because I, I had weddings the last two weekends. I wanted to watch every single game I could. So, four screens going, trying to make sure I get it all in. Um, next game I really want to touch I, – I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, it was Kansas at Texas. Um, I know people had a high hopes for Kansas. Uh, Jalen Daniels was a late scratch. Uh, it's really kind of changed uh, this game, even though I we all beams a good backup. Uh, but at Texas, I mean, it kind of sucked that that was the case. Um, I didn't watch a ton of it. I Texas kind of really just took took care of business to Kansas, the woodshed. But yeah, it really sucked. I mean, it was it was a real late scratch on Saturday that Jalen Daniels was not playing. So uh, Texas kind of really just took care of business. Uh, wasn't really that look-ahead spot that everyone thought it was for Texas. Um, and we'll get into um, Red River Showdown here when we preview week six. Um, any thoughts on that game, BCB? No, nah, I didn't get to see too much of it. And I didn't know. I hadn't even heard. Like, usually I'm trying to stay as up-to-date as I can on injury stuff. Hadn't heard anything about Jalen Daniels. Then apparently it was a back injury that uh, flared up and they scratched him late. So, 
He's still questionable for this week, too. So I think they're one and a half point favorites at home versus UCF. Um, no, no, no real thoughts there. It's kind of sucks because I thought it was going to be this dynamic matchup. And like Kansas, Texas has kind of been fun <laughs> the last couple of years. But to get no Daniels uh, kind of sucks. You always want to see teams at least get the chance to go down fighting with their guys. So, no, it's a, it's one of those in horse racing. We have an expression where it's called, like, put a line through it. And it's like, all right, you got to kind of take the Texas big dub with a grain of salt. But, uh, like I said, Beam's a good quarterback, and they shut him down. So, props to him there. And especially since he probably didn't prepare for that guy. His skill set's a little different. Getting into the next game, and this is probably the game of the week, the game of the year so far. LSU at Old Miss um, finished forty nine to fifty five. The game was it was just a video game. It was unreal. Uh, I, it was it was probably the most fun I've had watching a game in a, a long time, probably about ten years. Um, this was everything you wanted. Uh, nobody could stop each other. There were a couple stops late, but whenever LSU would get a stop. I think LSU took a, took a lead in the second half um, and Old Miss came right back, got a couple stops and got a couple scores. Uh, that kind of that last drive uh, from Jackson Dart just showed a lot of uh, balls. Um, big fan of this Old Miss team, huge bounce back spot. Um, what were they? They were dogs, weren't they? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I think we, I think so they opened one and a half and then it had flipped and it was two and a half. Uh, so yeah. yeah, this game was, this game was absolutely awesome. I, people are worried about Brian Kelly and LSU. That defense was supposed to be okay. That defense could not stop them. I love, I love, uh, old misses running back. I love Jarkson Dart. Like I think BCB said this last week, like the receivers were just too big. They were too much to handle for LSU, um, over and over again. And Dart, Dart kept making his throws. Uh, the speed and the tempo that Ole Miss plays with just is electric. And uh, Jaden, Jaden Daniels, just he's just not as accurate. He's just wild at times. Um, I, I mean, it got real hairy there at the end with a uh, horse collar tackle. And I, I, I was standing up watching the end of this game. Uh, Ole Miss defense ended up closing out. Uh, the kid who had a horse collar tack, uh, tackle on uh, Jaden Daniels ended up having a huge uh, n- ball knocked down right on the next play. Um, Old Miss also had a chance at a pick six to send the game away that same drive. It, I mean, it was awesome. I'll let you talk about it, BCB. I mean, this game was everything you want. It was college football. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old Miss made me look smart, right? Because last week I said on the podcast, like, all right, it's a bounce back spot for them. Like they're at home at night. I said, too, like with the offense, it wasn't working because you had to get your receivers back. So Trey Harris comes back. He goes like seven for 183 and a touchdown, uh, made big plays for him all night. And then you kind of see it, right? They ran the ball the best they ever had because you've got that working in the past game. And then, like I said, Dayton Wade, Jalen Watkins, like those are nice complimentary pieces, but we had to be using them as primary pieces. Well, now you get Trey Harris and Zachary Franklin back. So those guys as complimentary pieces made a lot of big plays. I think LSU had 30 something missed tackles um, on the game. And it was, but yeah, though, when it's working, it's going. So Ole Miss, so even Ulysses Finley, the backup running back had over a hundred yards for Ole Miss. Uh, so you had Judkins who ran the ball like 37 times. He's finally as healthy as he has been. He goes 37 times, can't be stopped. He's pretty effective. Like how many times have you seen a two minute drill to win the game and Ole Miss is sitting there running the ball? 
with so, like two minutes and getting getting chunk plays like eight to ten yards. Eight, and it, I told someone that I was next to, I was like, you know, like if they get the ball back when it was 49, 47, I was like, if they get the ball back, they're going to win. Like, and then also with the kicker, Caden Davis had hit at Tulane from like 57. So you knew if they could just get it in the plus territory, we're going to have a chance to win the game. That's all you can really ask for. But yeah, Ole Miss is finally healthy on offense. Now, if they can just find the, the offense from LSU and mix out with the defense we had at Alabama, that's, that's a pretty good football team. Uh, but that's as high as I've been off a of win. People were saying signature win for Lane Kiffin. I don't know. I think he's had some pretty good wins. They had the one at Tennessee where he went into like one of the most hostile crowd environments I've ever seen. They won with Matt Corral. Uh, also last week I said too, so they got blown out of Bama that Matt Corral year. Came back the next week and beat Arkansas at home, which was a big game for him at that time. Uh, that game against Arkansas that year was 52-51 and came down to a two-point conversion late. And basically, like the LSU game, <laughs> being 55-49, big, big shootout. Uh, but, no, huge win for the Rebels. You only need a couple breaks now in the SEC West. They're very much in the championship picture. So, everybody's kind of got one loss sitting there now. So, SEC West is going to be a lot of fun, like I thought it would be. Um, Jackson, Dart, obviously. And then we were talking about NFL draft. Well, that class is so loaded. Dart probably has to come back to Ole Miss next year. Yeah, you're probably talking we might have the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, third year in the system. We'll probably be pretty good at wide receiver, I'm going to assume. So <laughs> it's uh, – and you got Judkins back for one more year because he's only a sophomore. So – and also the huge shout-out uh, to the Ole Miss offensive line. They played their best game they had by far this year. The Ole Miss did run. I said they got to run some more design runs, design passes. It looked like they did that. You can tell kind of by watching the offensive linemen if they're passing um, and, the, and they're down the field and usually it's an RPO. Uh, but if it's, you know, if you're kind of set blocking, then it's a design pass. So they did, did some more, uh, more design plays. Now you got to, you got to focus. So like, you got to get back. You got another night game at home uh, against Arkansas. Lock in, get the dub, but the best football for Ole Miss is ahead of them. Uh, I think they've got Vanderbilt and then uh, Auburn's on the schedule, but after that, you got Georgia, Georgia and Texas A&M. So uh, it gets a pretty fun time to be a Rebel right now. Yeah, I love that. They start, they, I mean, Lane got his kind of back to the bread and butter. You're throwing quick wide receiver screens for seven yards. Like I, that also opens up the run games. I'm a huge fan of screen passes. Um, especially wide receiver screens in college football. I mean, it just opens everything else up. Like receiver, you get, you bring the defense, they have to play tight and then you beat them. Um, I really thought uh, Old Miss had kind of that full offensive uh, package going and really clicking. Uh, the last game I wanted to hit was really just Duke, uh, Notre Dame at Duke. Um, this was 21-14. Uh, Duke was leading late, uh, twenty or fourteen to thirteen. Um, Notre Dame was driving, and um, there was a late cover. Um, they and then they went for two to make it twenty-one fourteen. Riley Leonard got hurt late. He looks like he high ankle sprain, maybe a broken ankle. Didn't look great. Sam Hartman did wait there after the game to kind of talk to him which uh, we know Sam Hartman's a great guy. Um, but, I, I mean, it was a, I, it was a good game. Uh, not, very, not as much fun as the last game we just talked about. 
Um, but it's another good win, good road win for Notre Dame over a ranked opponent. Um, they do have the one loss to Ohio State, but uh, and any thoughts? Did you get to see any of this game? No, I just saw at the end Hartman class act. Like obviously a guy that's been there had his own health issues last year, so uh, I thought that was huge. You know, huge stand up move, big sportsmanship on his part. Kind of troubling on one side of the coin. You've got Notre Dame, who's gotten themselves into a couple dog fights here. Uh, they closed it out this week against Duke, couldn't against Ohio State. But they got two more big games on their schedule coming up now. You got um, Louisville this week on the road again, and then you've got USC next week. So Clemson's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't get easy. Doesn't get any easier for them. Um, some people I think are a little down on Notre Dame now after these last couple performances. Uh, I will talk about it later, but uh, it was a good, good, uh, good old fashioned football game. I think Mike Elko is probably going to get a lot of money uh, to coach a school somewhere in the very near future. Uh, yeah. So those were all the games. Any, any other games you want to hit quick? I had, I have a game to talk about in champions club. Um, but those were, those were kind of the, all the games I wanted to hit for week five. I didn't have anything else really. Cause I just didn't get to see anything. So yeah, I, th- I think we hit we hit the most most of them. Um, so let's go. I got two guys to put in Champions Clubs this week. Uh, the first guy is from that Duke game. Um, needed the cover. Had Duke minus five and or sorry, had Notre Dame minus five and a half. Notre Dame's running back did it again. Estime scored a late touchdown. Uh, covered. It was awesome. It was is. I mean, he's just a monster. Um, <laughs> I, I love the kid. Uh, he's, he'll be an NFL running back. Um, I think this I, this probably isn't the first time he's been in Champions Club. Uh, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of Notre Dame players in here, and the second guy is your your boy, Blake Shapin. Uh, the comeback of a century. Baylor at UCF. I, it was like twenty eight nothing. It was bad, and. Baylor came all the way back and won the game. It was unreal. A Blake Shapin, maybe the hero of the top club in champion, champion club forever. Get him a trophy. Uh, real love hate relationship with BCB and Blake Shapin. Uh, but uh, that, that comeback was unreal. Um, I had, I had BY, I had Baylor. I shut the game off. I thought it was over. I, I, I'm pretty sure UCF scored like 21 points with like in, in like four plays to start the game. It was, it was brutal. Uh, and then I turned the game on late and they came all the way back and I watched Baylor end up winning the game, which was crazy. Yeah. I saw you guys were like texting me like, what the hell is UCF doing? And I'm like, I literally have no idea because I can't watch the game. So uh, but then, yeah, Blake Schaefer leads it back. He's honestly, he's played really well uh, when he's been healthy this season. So it's been Blake Schaefer, the, the beautiful boy here, uh, has kept it, kept it alive for the tub club. So he's gotten us some of that money back that we spent on Heisman futures on him last year. So shout out Blake Schaefer. Uh Tub club, I, you know, obviously, uh, I think we've put Ole Miss in every week and they've been a cover wagon. So we're not going to do that. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, we're going to put the spotlight on someone else. West Virginia special teams had West Virginia plus 12 and a half. They blocked two field goals, including one at the end of regulation. 
to win the game. So West Virginia special team shout out there. Uh, Mountaineers and Neil again, Ed Neil Brown, kind of an example of why you don't just give up on a coach. Like he's been there. Everyone's like, can you do it? Can you not? People thought he was going to get it done with JT Daniels. I never thought he would. Now he's got some other quarterbacks. They're winning some games. So shout out to, uh, to West Virginia. And then uh, we had another, oh, oh, let's say we, we had Baylor. I mean, yeah, obviously Baylor, Dave Aranda. I'll put Dave Aranda in the, uh, the, the champions club because it's kind of a self-reflective guy and uh, they got it done. And then also, uh, last one, but Texas Tech and a bounce back win. They get the win in the cover for us. So they still keep some hope alive. I don't think they're going to make that big 12 title game now. Probably too much has to go their way, but I think they're going to be a dang. They're going to be what they are. They're Texas Tech. They're seven and five. They're a dangerous team. <laughs> you have to play them. All right. That's it for the week five recap and Champions Club. Um, let's get on right on into week six preview. Uh, the first game I want to jump into is LSU at Missouri. LSU's a five and a half point um, favorite at Missouri. Uh, Missouri's five and zero. LSU is now three and two. Um, this is a noon game. Um, I don't have a ton on this game. We've seen a lot of LSU. I haven't seen a lot of Missouri. I know there's a lot of talk about their quarterback, and I know they have a stud receiver. Um, I still like LSU in this spot to bounce back and win and probably cover. I might, I'll might, i probably stay away from this game just because I don't know enough about Missouri. Uh, thoughts on this game, BCB? Yeah, so like you said, so Missouri's got Brady Cook at quarterback. Uh, Luther Burden's the kid. I believe he was a five-star recruit. I think he's from Missouri. Ended up going there. There was some ramblings of him maybe getting in the portal because uh, they had Dominic Lovett last year, too, who's at Georgia now. Um, Missouri did the left. Luther Burden talked about getting in the portal. He stays. He's got like 45 catches and five touchdowns. Just having an absolute monster year for Missouri. Yeah, obviously, LSU secondary can be had. So I think that's an interesting matchup to see what he can do. Um, also, LSU didn't get any sacks against Ole Miss, but the Missouri front line has not been great. Their offensive line struggled. They gave up four sacks uh, to mid-Tennessee State early in the year. They've kind of shorted up a little bit since then. I think the LSU front seven might be able to get some pressure on them. Uh, interesting, though, when I went in and kind of just looked at how LSU's performed under Brian Kelly, like in this situation. So last year they had that blowout loss to Tennessee at home where they lost like 40 to 13 and everybody thought that was a nail in their coffin. They came back and won by 10 the next week at the swamp. So they've responded in these kind of situations under him before. They're actually four and one on the road under Brian Kelly. Uh, only game they lost was at Kyle Field, uh, very last game of last season. So Anytime you get a, a spot like this where you, you've got a road team laying five and a half uh, at home against an undefeated team, usually it's kind of a public trap for the home team uh, <laughs> where you'll get the public that'll take the points, undefeated team at home. I don't have an official play on it yet. I am leaning the five and a half for LSU, though. I think they'll, they'll kind of adjust it. It honestly just comes down to me on whether or not uh, they can stop Luther Burden. I'm not 100% sure they can, but. Uh, if they can, I think they'll get it done. This is by far the toughest team Missouri's played, too. Uh, they had the the Kansas State game. 
early in the year, but I think LSU is much more talented. Uh, next game I want to touch is uh, Alabama at A&M. Bama's uh, favored by a point and a half or two points. Um, I've seen it, seen it at both numbers. Uh, this is a three thirty game. Um, yeah, no, it's just a real. I think it's a real make or break. I don't know if it's make or break, but I think it's a huge game for Jimbo Fisher. Um, this is at A and M. Uh, they're both one loss teams. Um, I I'll probably I'm leaning Alabama here. Um, I think they they go in and take care of business. Um, I just I I I just not not a believer in A and M. Really have never been a believer in A and M. Um, but thoughts on this one? Yeah. So you got to remember. So we had Connor Weigman, another beloved son of the podcast. He's injured now, so now they turn to Max Johnson, who's the uh, son of Brad Johnson, a uh, guy that comes up when you talk about worst starting quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Uh, they showed him on the game, though, last week. He was looking pretty jacked, so he's still still in great shape. I'm not going to say anything mean to his face. Uh, so this is actually a, a pretty good defensive game. Uh, both these teams are one and two, at holding teams um, in terms of yards per game below their average. I think both these teams are holding uh, opponents almost 200 yards below their season average when they play on defense. I think that's actually advantage A&M. Uh, we talked about it before. The Alabama O-line is still giving up four or five sacks a game. That's not great. Uh, basically, Milrow made his first true road start last week, so we talked about that. Uh, he did that at Mississippi State, who I think is an absolute incompetent football team. They handled him. He only threw the ball 13 times. Interested to see the game plan that they're going to have this week against a Texas A&M team that's a little bit tougher. Uh, basically, A&M, when they fell apart at Miami, they were just getting burned deep, couldn't stop big plays. So it really comes down to whether – does Alabama, one, have anyone that can manufacture big, deep plays down the field for them this week? Uh, and two, can Texas A&M shore that up? So leaning right now with the A&M money line, just because it's kind of a wouldn't it be hilarious, too, for me, like – get Texas A&M to win this game. Like I said, the SEC West just becomes wide open again. Basically, everyone has a fresh start. So it, it would benefit my team. I think it's going to be a great football game, though. We've never seen Alabama have two losses at the beginning of October. So something I would like to see. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, next game we have here is Notre Dame at Louisville. Um, this is Notre Dame minus six and a half. Uh, I will be taking Notre Dame. Uh, I, I like the Louisville offense. That Louisville d- defense is atrocious. I have no faith in them being able to sa- stop Sam Hartman. I have no faith in them being able to stop the run. I think Notre Dame will be able to control possession of the ball. They'll be able to control time of possession, and they'll be able to really do whatever they want. It is at Louisville. It's a 730 game on ABC. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, game day will probably be at Louisville. Um, but I, I, I have faith in Notre Dame. They just played, they just played Duke at Duke. Um, and I, I just think Notre Dame's offensive line, I think their defense will be able to hold Louisville up. And uh, I just think Notre Dame's a better football team right now than uh, Jeff Brom and um, Jake Plummer. Um, and the Louisville team. 
Yeah, an interesting stat I had seen on this game this week. So Plummer and Hartman obviously both played a lot of college football, both like fifth or sixth year guys. Uh, against top 25 teams, they're combined four and 16 uh, record. So I think Hartman was like four and 10. Plummer's 0 and 6. Uh, like a lot of people I work with are like Purdue alums, and they're just absolutely sick that Braum and, and uh, Plummer are out here having the kind of success they're having at Louisville. <laughs> I've been to college football games at Louisville. It's, it's a wild atmosphere. So that game is going to be rocking. Like that stadium is going to be fun. They have a pretty good tailgate at uh, Louisville as well, too. So you got to think they're like one of those cities. They don't have pro sports outside of like a minor league baseball team and a soccer team. So this is their, this is their team. That's going to be a, a ruckus atmosphere Saturday night. I really think, yeah, on paper, if you just said, hey, this team, like their strengths or their weaknesses in a nutshell, neutral field, I would like Notre Dame by multiple scores. I just, like I said, they've been in dog fights. I don't love the spot for Notre Dame here where you're going back on the road again after a tough game with the USC game coming up. The thing, though, with Notre Dame is, like, they don't really have a letdown spot. So if Louisville loses this game, it doesn't really matter um, in terms of keeping their conference championship hopes alive. I think a lot of people actually have them as their second. They're, like, the second favorite now to, to make the conference title game in the ACC. So it doesn't really affect them from that standpoint. Notre Dame, they don't have a conference. <laughs> their playoffs are bust. They probably don't get yeah, – they're done with a, a loss here. So they've got to win um, and keep their, their hopes alive for USC next week. So I don't have a play on it. I'll probably pass on this game. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Hopefully I'm someplace where I could – this is the same time as Ole Miss. So hopefully I can watch this game same time I'm watching Ole Miss get the TV situation right somewhere. Uh, yeah, the next game I wanted to touch is uh, Kentucky at Georgia. Both 5-0 and SEC teams. Talked about Kentucky in the recap and Georgia in the recap. I love this spot for Kentucky. Kentucky's catching 15-and-a-half. Georgia's definitely a different team at home, um, but I do think Kentucky will be able to successfully run the ball on Georgia, um, and I think they can set the tone early. Um, but uh, Georgia did prove last week, to your point, that they, they got down early and they still came back, and that was a road game at Auburn. Uh, so I, I love Kentucky. I'll be hammering 15. Um, I, I'm very excited for this game. I think we'll really see who Kentucky is and in fact, see a little more of who Georgia is. This is kind of when they need to kind of get into form for, uh, SEC schedule Georgia does. So, uh, we will see, um, thoughts on this game, BCB. Yeah, so Kentucky uh, comes into the game. They're actually fourth in the country in explosive plays right now. Unfortunately, they just don't really manufacture offense outside of that. So if you had to give me a defense that could probably stop explosive plays, not get burned deep, I think Georgia's at least got the athletes. Georgia, Alabama would be one of my top two um, in terms of being able to, to keep everything in front of you. A little bit of concern that I have with Kentucky here. So they only actually had 69 passing yards against Florida. Like, a lot of that blowout was kind of manufactured by turnover luck and turnover scores, I think, which is hard to, to replicate on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, Kentucky, though, hasn't given up 100 yards rushing to an opposing team yet this year. So they've played pretty solid run defense. We'll see if that stat holds true. I mean, I think if they can just keep Georgia under four yards per rushing attempt Saturday, that's a big key to the game for them. 
I do think Georgia's capable of playing at a level that's higher than what we've seen from them thus far, just based on the talent that they have. Carson Beck, you got a quarterback kind of coming along. Um, I know that a lot of like last week, just looking at the statistics, so they did get burned in the rushing game against Auburn. A lot of those were quarterback rushing attempts, like you said, with Ashford and Thorne. Uh, so Leary actually, Devin Leary only has nine rushing attempts for negative 17 yards for Kentucky. So it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do from an offensive standpoint. Uh, maybe you'll see, yeah, I don't know. It, I hate I hate saying it because I think it got overused a lot afterwards, but like some wildcat formation or some single wing stuff where you're getting, because they have explosive receivers uh, with Tavian Robinson and uh, Braylon Brown and Maybe you'll see some of those guys behind center um, in terms of, you know, like I said, like a wildcat formation or something, get some motion going, try and manufacture explosive plays that way. Also, I think a big thing, uh, a lot of Georgia struggles is they've been pretty banged up. They're banged up coming out of fall camp, it seemed like. I think the team's getting healthier. So I'm not laying the 15, probably staying away from this game in all honesty, just because if I – I think there's a, a version of this game where Georgia gets out 7-14 early. Uh, or they get up, you know, 14 points, 17 points early. I don't know that Kentucky has the horses to kind of sit there and just throw their way into the game if, if the other team knows it's coming. So, going to stay off of it. But I think it'll be a very fun game to watch. Yeah, excited for that one. And then uh, the last game we got in the preview is number 12, Oklahoma, at number three, Texas. This I, it stinks. I'm guessing it all. This game's always at noon, though. Um, really yeah. wish this was a night game, but I'm. It's Texas minus six and a half. Um, I'm staying away from this game. I have no idea what to expect. I would probably lean Texas here, um, and I'd probably lean the over. Um, but I I I don't really know what to expect of this game. Um, it's usually just madness. Um, I, I, I mean, Texas has the edge defensively, um, and both of these offenses are very, very good. Um, but yeah, probably staying away from this game. Very excited to watch it though at noon Saturday. Uh, thoughts, BCB? Yeah, so Oklahoma's actually averaging four yards per carry in the run game uh, for the entire season. Here's who Oklahoma's played. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State. Texas is going to be a little more uh, tough up front than anybody that they've played thus far. I think this is kind of a Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel legacy game. I know that they've got the backup. Uh, I believe uh, Jackson Arnold is his name at Oklahoma. They like the kid a lot. I'm interested to see if it doesn't start well for uh, for Gabriel if he gets pulled because this is this is the game where uh, Caleb Williams eventually got in for Spencer Rattler, so we've kind of seen it before. Uh, Oklahoma though, if they somehow pull this off this week, their schedules thus far they've only played uh, one top fifty team in the S and P Plus rankings, and they don't have another team on their schedule in the top thirty, so they've got a lot of margin for error. The X factor for them is a kid named Nick Anderson that plays wide receiver. He's got 10 catches on the year for 279 yards and five touchdowns. Texas can't let him take the top off. Again, though, this is – if you're Quinn Ewers, 
you're this kid coming out that you're kind of anointed this huge quarterback. Uh, like I said, he got the Alabama win. This is, you got to go get another pelt here. If you're him, go beat the Sooners. Um, I would lay the six and a half with Texas. I just think they're, I think from a program building standpoint, they're further along than where Oklahoma is. Like I said, I think Oklahoma uh, has been dressed up a little bit by not playing good teams. Then when you finally get with someone in your weight class, uh, it becomes a little different sometimes. So if, if you can't run the ball against Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, I don't think you're going to be able to sit there and run the, run the ball against Texas. We already saw them go on the road against Cincinnati, scored 20 points against the Bearcats. So I think there's a, there's a blueprint out there. A touchdown or less, I'll take it. I've thought about doing an alt line of like nine and a half if I can get enough juice uh, to make it worth it. The only problem is, is that when a team's down 10 late, you can go for field goal or kick the uh, field goal or touchdown. Usually teams will kick a field goal to extend it. So that's why I like being, you know, below the touchdown number. So, but yeah, this will probably be on the card. Uh, Texas minus the six, six and a half. Love it. Uh, so that's all I had for the week six preview. I'm going to go ahead and jump into my card and get everyone out of here. Um, I'll save my moral lock for the end. But um, run through, I got I got seven picks and then eight with my mortal lock. Uh, starting with Kentucky plus 14 and a half. I, seen, I saw that probably just moved to 15. I'll take 15 as well. Um, I love the over 54 in Notre Dame at Louisville. I think both of those teams will be able to score. I know the Notre Dame-Duke game was out very far under. I'm hoping that uh, this game's a little more wide open. And I have zero faith in the Louisville defense. Um, I've seen Georgia Tech score on them earlier this year. Um, next, I'm taking uh, Old Miss minus 11 and a half. Arkansas at Old Miss. Um, I'm, I'm riding Jackson Dart. I think that Old Miss team is just going to get better week in, week out now. Uh, I don't think anybody's stopping that offense. I know Arkansas is not. That defense is not good for Arkansas. They have no chance at stopping them. So I'm I'm interested. I, I know this is on your card, but I'm interested. I could maybe see myself doing an alt line here and bringing that up, number up a little higher to get it to plus money. Um, so I, I love that one. I'm then taking Baylor plus one. I know we like Texas Tech a lot. I think Baylor's even better at home. I think Baylor... Shapin's back. I think Baylor, Baylor's plus one. I'll probably even hit the money line here. Texas Tech at Baylor. That's Saturday night at eight. Next one, I'm taking Arizona plus 21 and a half. And that's at USC. I just have no faith in USC stopping big plays. And as much as they, I, I mean, they just can't, they can't cover. They just, they don't put the, they don't, Lincoln Riley doesn't step on the throat. It doesn't feel like they just don't know how to close out games. Even when they get up big, there's just always that backdoor cover. So like 21 and a half, I just have to take it with the hook. I think this Arizona team's actually pretty decent too. Um, yeah, they just got out of a dog fight with Washington last week. So uh, th- yeah, one touchdown game there. So um, and then I have Oregon State minus nine and a half. That's at Cal. Um, I hate Cal. Cal could have barely beat Arizona State last week, and I just hate them. They don't know how to score. They're just a bad football team. Uh, they were my mortal lock last week, minus 12, 
and they they did not cover. Uh, this is a hate pick. I also think Oregon State's really good. I think they'll be able to go to Cal and beat the shit out of them. And then I'm taking Alabama minus two at A&M. Um, and I'll save my mortal lock after BCB goes through his card. Yeah, so let's go ahead. Uh, I actually almost had a game tonight. So now we're in that time of year where you just get college football every night. 50, so, I saw 50, next 50 days we have football. Yeah. So uh, we got New Me- the, the boys, New Mexico State Aggies at Florida International tonight. Uh, six and a half. I didn't take it. Western Kentucky, I was close to taking the six. They've just been too bad defensively. Friday night, I finally found me a game, though. Uh, give me the Kansas State minus 12 at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State uh, struggled. I don't think they're really any good. I think Kansas State is very good. I think Kansas State's going to generate enough pass rush. Also, both teams are off a bye. Will Howard have been pretty banged up for Kansas State. I think this is probably as close as we're going to see him to 100% that we've seen all year. So give me the Wildcats um, with two touchdowns on the road. Playing two, it's, it's a 12-point game. Uh, I'm going to have LSU minus five and a half. We'll ride the, uh, the Bayou Bengals here and uh, Missouri. Uh, a game that I haven't gotten a line yet for, but I will find, probably find one very early Saturday morning since that seems to be how we post FCS lines now. We've still got one of those games. So William and Mary at Virginia. Virginia just loses every game. It's amazing. Elliot's a terrible head coach. Uh, William and Mary grades out as about the 10th to 15th best FCS team, depending on what metrics you're looking at. So find a number there. I do like UCLA minus three at home against Washington State. Again, an angle where you're getting an unranked team uh, that's favored over a ranked team. Usually you'll get public money pouring in on that. But also with Washington State, uh, UCLA's defense has sneakily been very good. They're coming off a bye. They only gave up 100 yards rushing to one team. That was the Utah. They gave up like 102 yards on 48 rushes. So (laughs) the UCLA defense has been a monster. Uh, Washington State hasn't been effective running the ball. And the Cougars' run defense has struggled mightily on defense. If you give Chip Kelly an opening on offense, he will carve you up. Also, shout out to former Ball State player Carson Steele. He's a running back at UCLA. I think he might have a big game Saturday. So... Like that, uh, Texas A&M on the money line at home. I think Jimbo's going to put the second loss on Alabama. Cash a future for me there. So we've already explained that one. Uh, moving on down here, though, to games that we have later in the day. Um, take a look here. Sorry. Uh, so, again, I've already given it out. So we've got or we've got Texas minus the six and a half versus Oklahoma. That's going to be on there. And then uh, we're going to have – so I've actually got some stats for you for the old Miss game real quick before we do more to locks if you want them. I've, got, I've written it down. So the, the Arkansas Ole Miss uh, series has been crazy. So like Arkansas just lives in the head of Ole Miss fans. When I was at Ole Miss, Alabama last year. So like when you go to a game at Ole Miss, you got to park. There's a, a community college like two miles from the stadium. That's where everyone parks. And they shuttle you to, uh, to Vault Hemingway. So on the shuttle, it's like us and a bunch of Ole Miss fans. And there were some Alabama fans there, and everyone's being nice and civil and talking. But the Alabama or the one of the old Miss fans says to the Alabama fan, like, hey, you know, even if we uh, beat you guys, we're still going to lose to Arkansas in a couple weeks. Like, Arkansas just kind of lives rent-free in the head of Ole Miss fans. So you can't take it for granted. Um, some key stats, though. So Arkansas is uh, only averaging three yards per game rushing the ball and they're giving up sacks on about 15% of their dropbacks. So 
I think the Ole Miss offense can exploit that. Just some uh, some wild numbers here. Uh, so the last four series, the last four games in this series have been won outright by the home team. So it's been very much a home field advantage series. Ole Miss has averaged 585 yards out of offense in this game under Lane Kiffin. Uh, last year we had two 200-yard rushers, lost the game by 15. And Ole Miss so far this year is averaging 641 yards in home games. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Mercer wasn't even the, the like, <laughs> at least so, uh, 641 through three home games. And like I said last week, the offense is probably now as healthy as they've ever been. So should be a fun game. If you like offensive football, go ahead <laughs> and set the dial uh, to Ole Miss Saturday night. Awesome. Uh, so my moral lock this week, I'm taking Kansas minus two, uh, UCF at Kansas. Um, yeah, I think UCF might be broken. Um, I'm going to hit them while they're down. Uh, I think Kansas is going to be a bounce back spot for them at home. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think it matters which quarterback we get. Um, I think they take care of, uh, UCF. I just think they're a better team. Um, so Kansas minus two is my moral lock for this week. I like it. Yeah. You get the bounce back spot there, uh, at home. So we'll see. I'm not going to do a fake out like last week. Not going to sit here and hit the, uh, hit the old miss train again. Although I would say if you can find some kids, uh, on the old miss, like maybe you can get some plus money on Zakari Franklin as an anytime touchdown score, like him or Caden priest corn, take it. Uh, Ulysses Bentley too. If you can get him plus money, anytime touchdown score, Go ahead and take it. I uh, hate to do it. It feels like a public trap. I, I got a debate here. Am I going to do it? I'll do it. I'll do it. Give me Colorado minus the four at Arizona State. Let's go. I Arizona State started the quarterback last week uh, that, that uh, played for them all of last year. They got some better results. I still just don't think this Colorado State team sucks. So, like, I mean, I know they're not as good. They're, they're just bad defensively. I think you can get you can get some plays on Arizona State, though, I think. So, uh, give me the Colorado as of right now, minus the four Love at it. Arizona State. Love it. All right. Uh, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, like we said, we got football for the next 50 days. I also think it's the next 54 out of 55 days we have football. Uh, I think there's one off day, the Wednesday of Thanksgiving. Um, but that's that's all we have for you today, folks. Uh, you win your bets on Saturday.